Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Extra Sauce Podcast. It's my fancy sauce. I want some fancy sauce. Yeah. I'm not done using it. With the czar of sauces, Greg Hill. Honestly, can't wait for this. this I, have, I have not been so obsessed with a television program since, I guess, making a murderer. I, I and yeah. and you, by the way, shoe also, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a horrible story, but it's it's just a an amazing story how it unfolds. Yeah, we're um we're gonna get extra sauce this week on the murder of a nun in Baltimore in 1969, which is the subject of a Netflix documentary called The Keepers. And you're probably you may be sick of hearing me tell you that you have to watch The Keepers. But whether you're a Catholic or not, you have to watch The Keepers because this murder exposes, I believe, and our guest believes, a massive conspiracy to not only kill a nun who knew about sexual abuse, horrible sexual abuse, at a Catholic school, but to keep those that were involved in that murder a secret um, with, with regard to the Catholic Church, with regard to the Baltimore Police Department, uh, with regard to politicians, all of it. Yeah. And and uh, if it weren't for the guests that we're going to talk to in a few moments, it's quite possible that no one would ever know anything about right. the about why she was murdered. And yeah. they, 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 it's just disgusting. I mean, I, I, I you, <laughs> the church was so powerful, and I want to ask our guest about this. But the church was so powerful that everybody was afraid. To, to hold them accountable. Well, for, it's, uh, it was generations because, as yeah, was, they mentioned, yes. as they mentioned in the documentary, it was the uh, Baltimore, the first Catholic archdiocese in the country. Right. So you know you have your your great grandparents, your grandparents, your parents, all instilling that in you. Yeah. You know, and you and you saw that you see that in the keepers, like how the parents raised these kids to be you know good Catholics. And if the priest wanted your kid to do something, it was an honor. Like if the priest wanted your right. kid to it, like. If you're if, the biggest honor was being an altar boy, right? Uh, but, but certainly going to Catholic school was an honor. If you were a woman at this particular Catholic school, being called down to see Father Maskell, who was mm-hmm. the the uh, the villain in the documentary, clearly and and obviously in my opinion in real life, it was an honor. Um, it, it's just um, it, this particular documentary is so important to watch, not only because. It exposes awful things that went on for an extended period of time, but also it reminds us, and I want to talk to our guest about that as well, it reminds us how important it is from a journalism point of view that 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 job remains an effective, um, it, it, you know, it, it doesn't become obsolete. It, it, we need right. ju- We need to have journalists who are investigating things right. and calling people out and yeah. and 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 I, otherwise you know the world is 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 run by 
uh, and, and people who can use their authority to do absolutely horrible things. Right. So, especially uh, now in, yeah. the, in the fake news era, well, we, we need guys. We need guys who do it for real. We right, need men yes. and women who do it for real and and follow through. Yeah, and uh, you know, obviously, a, a big part of the keepers is that there are some citizen journalists, right? Gemma and Abby, who right. get involved because they attended this Catholic school in Baltimore, yeah. and um, and they want to find out what happened to their favorite nun, who, their favorite teacher. So. What was uh, what was the most disturbing part of the documentary for you uh, when Jane Doe is describing <laughs> yeah, what happened in the in the office and that's it, that's just the the detail she goes into which yeah. really surprised me because you yeah. know the victims they don't want to they'll they'll go public as you know like a Netflix documentary to describe what happened to them and yeah. it was really just tough listening watching and listening to her say this and it's just to her credit how she's just able to go on and, and to her credit how she remains faithful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, the one, that's on one of the prayer. weird things. Is, I don't know how you, know? you can... Yeah, I don't know, exactly. I don't know how you can be... A, I, well, I guess I shouldn't say this. It would be tough for me if I were Catholic right. to hear this, watch this story, and to remain a Catholic. Yeah. So, But uh, that's what that's why they call it faith, right? Yeah, I mean, that's why exactly. It's, yeah. And it's amazing that she, she had any left were you ra- what were you, she described. Were you raised Catholic? No, I've, no I've, it's, absolutely. My, my father thought organized religion was a scam. Oh, he did. And he, and he raised yeah. me to believe that. Were you raised Scientologist? Uh, no. Oh, you no, ain't no, I'm, I'm, I'm here, right? <laughs> and I'm, I'm fat and hairy, so obviously I'm not going through the Tom Cruise <laughs> regimen. Yeah, so I wasn't raised religious at all. And, yeah. and uh, so maybe that's why I can't understand why someone like, uh, like her would, would still have faith. No, I, and then you know you have we're gonna uh, we're gonna learn in a few moments that there are further developments in this case, which I think is one of the positives when it comes to something like The Keepers airing on Netflix. You know, I mean that allows certainly for an opportunity for for other things to come out and right and, and uh, pressures other people. Correct. You correct. know, to, to maybe come out with stuff. And I'm not saying the victims. I'm saying people that may have been involved or have information about people that were involved. And they're yeah. like, okay, now everyone's watching this. I don't want to get caught up in this. Maybe I can make a deal. You well, uh, let's get to our guest. If you've seen The Keepers, then you know who he is. If you haven't yet, he is the journalist that basically began the investigation that has certainly shaken Baltimore and now is, I guess, shaking the world because of the documentary on Netflix. His name is Tom Nugent, and he has been investigating the murder of of Sister Kathy for over 22 years. Tom, thanks for joining us for a little extra sauce on The Keepers. Thank you very much. A pleasure to be here with you because this story and what it represents uh, for 22 years has seen seemed very uh, important to me as a journalist. And so, as I've always said, uh, telling the world about these terrible problems and uh, looking at them as carefully and accurately as we can is a, is a good thing for a journalist to be doing, in my opinion. I'm obsessed with it, and I only watched it on Netflix. You, you've, uh, is this the, it, it, when it comes to things that you've covered in your long career, is this the one that, that you are most focused on? Absolutely. I did my first interview on this whole thing in, uh, in 1995, so we're, what, 22, for 
much of it has been part-time and you know there were long periods when i had to make a living i've raised four kids as a freelance writer and that alone will get your attention <laughs> that's uh that's fairly challenging yeah. in its own right but around that i i always wanted to work on this uh uh for a number of reasons and so yeah this uh, this thing is a vast labyrinth full of the most amazing kinds of mysterious, almost unknowable forces. And so to work on this is to work on philosophy 101. I studied philosophy as a kid and loved uh, Nietzsche and loved uh, questions about what is real. The Keepers tells the story of the murder of Sister Kathy Sesnick, who was a nun who was killed in, in 1969. And the story begins to play out in, in, uh, in many different ways. Um, however, and, until the bravery of a woman that was, that was called Jane Doe in the 90s who came forward to talk about the sexual abuse that she suffered at the Catholic school that Sister uh, Kathy taught at, it, it that murder the murder of uh, sister Kathy had not really been at all tied into uh her occupation her her uh, life's occupation as a nun right that's absolutely correct the police had known about it uh about i mean they had uh, worked on links and uh clues that they had suggesting a catholic church connection but you're absolutely correct uh and so was the keepers. The first public mention of a link to the church, uh, you know, from the church to the murdered nun, came about in the mid 1990s when Jane Doe, as she was known then, now now known, of course, as Jean Wayner, in the documentary, when she first went public and said, "Hey, he, the priest took me to see the nun's body in this vacant field outside Baltimore." That was indeed the first uh, mention of a possible church, church connection publicly. And so it's absolutely her long years of courageous effort, which I thought they did a terrific job of uh, illustrating in the documentary how I interviewed her myself many times. And, she, and as you can imagine, it was a very delicate, careful, you have an ethical obligation not to injure anyone. And, mm. and this happened with a number of the victims that I've talked to. You go. Sometimes you have to have a relative come in and sit with them, and you negotiate and you talk about. Look, if this gets too upsetting, too too tough for you, uh, your sister here or your cousin or friend or whoever it is will will step in and we will break it off. And I'll I'll be back to you in a month if that's when you want to talk, or never if you don't want to talk. First things first, we don't want to hurt anybody. So those kinds of tiny baby steps were what she took years and years, June Wainer, I mean, to gradually get through en route to remembering this and then beginning to present the kind of amazing detail that you saw on the documentary. You know, I, with uh, you know the, the murder of uh, Sister Kathy and the, the police connections and the power the Catholic Church had in that area, uh, were you at any time while you were working on this, uh, did you feel threatened? by someone or influenced possibly to go one way or another? Uh, this That's a very good question, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> and I laugh because I'm such a chicken uh, physically. Uh, <laughs> Same here. <laughs> I've spent, Same here. I've spent many... I've been warned by by uh, everybody from older reporters to church officials, uh, you know, 
to our long-standing, high-ranking, deep-cover uh, police informant. This is an officer who led many of the efforts to uh, catch sex abuse criminals for 20 years. And uh, he has more than once, his saying is, watch your 2 o'clock, Nugent. Yeah. This is bigger than you know and tougher than you know, and there are people involved. And I'm, I'm uh, naturally a neurotic anyway, so uh, many nights I, I joke, I tell people, you know, I'm, I'm in the micro-tel in Baltimore to save on expenses, and uh, uh, I hear footsteps in the hall, and it's like, uh, okay, uh, we're going to be all right here. I came out of that old-fashioned Latin world of Catholicism, and so for me, it wasn't just the fear that maybe somebody wanted to whack me or something for digging into this. It was also confronting the demons and the promises of hell and the terrifying kind of backdrop that kids like me, Irish Catholic, of course, you know, we're the world's best at, 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 at quickly swallowing and digesting all of that really scary demonology and hellfire. From the, we're back in the late 40s and early 1950s here, remember? It was another universe. So I'm answering your question by saying, damn right, I've been scared throughout. How much of a factor was the respect for the Catholic Church that, that was pounded into its subjects, not only by parents, but by, uh, by priests, by other parishioners? How much of a factor was that, perhaps, in the way in which the police responded to this, to this murder of, of, uh, of this nun? That is a terrific question, I must say, and because it points to the deep dive, the depth of this. I've often said, uh, this is the history, what happened to Father Maskell and all of those folks is the history of 19th century Ireland. I know our time is short, so I'll just give you two sentences. Under British colonialism, the church in Ireland was all-powerful. I'm hardly the first person to point this out. Historians routinely describe priest was God, because in that kind of colonial world, and it's not just the Irish, it happened in many cultures in the 19th century and or in the earlier centuries when the British Empire, you know, was the most powerful organization on earth, and they ruled the high seas, and they ruled commerce and industry. They invented, if you will, the Industrial Revolution. In that world where you had no power as an indigenous native Irish person, all you had was heaven, and the priest was God. If you spoke a single word of uh, disrespect, the consequences would have been terrible. And, and, and so no child, in my experience, who had come home and said, I was abused by Father O'Malley, you know, not only wouldn't have been believed, you'd have faced a, a terrifying prospect of being told, you know, the devil is in you. How dare you say such a thing? It was that power that let these priests, uh, the, the bad ones, I mean, who did this, uh, rain with an iron hand. No one in the school, they knew absolutely that something terrible was going on, and no one dared say a word. As someone who was raised that way, you still think the, the Catholic Church, that's your church. Like, you haven't, you haven't given up on the Catholic Church completely. Well, I, I, I'm not a practicing go-to-mass every Sunday Catholic, but I sure am a fan of the gospel that says, love your neighbor and try to do the right thing if you can, in spite of all your flaws because that message is what we need to live by. In fact, that's why I've done all this work for 20 years, and several people in the Archdiocese of Baltimore have said to me, you are actually helping us. Tom, after covering this case 
for so many years and and we see your attic in the in the keepers and all all the evidence you have and all your notes do you, do you believe that father maskell uh, ordered this murder of of sister kathy i do yeah. i do i think that uh uh there was a series of events that night at her apartment house the carriage house Numerous investigators, and there's a lot of stuff in the uh, the keepers as well. The documentary have pointed out that there are far too many links between the principal players who were involved that evening and Father Maskell and several other abuser priests. We don't have to go time, I know, to go into all of it, but I should note for the record, there are right now the Baltimore County Police have told WJZ-TV, which is CBS in Baltimore, only only a week or so ago, we are actively investigating three more murders of teenagers connected to the nun's murder and to these, mm. these uh, priests. Uh, I'll mention them briefly. Joyce Malecki, who was 20 yep. when she was killed and lived a block from, from Maskell's church and went to summer camp, Bible camp with him every summer, uh, Grace Montaigne, who was found behind a nearby church that was being uh, pastored at, at the moment, the same, a few months after this, same time period, same location, located only a mile or so, mile and a half from uh, Maskell's church, murdered, never solved. These are three unsolved killing, and Pam Conyers, I'll, I'll mention the third name. Again, connections to the church, to this group of priests, unsolved murders, and we know from our recent investigative work, can't get too specific here, but I'll tell you, there are at least two more murders of kids who we know for a fact are linked to the same group. There's a very ominous aspect beneath all of this of trafficking these girls, of putting them up in a big uh, hotel uh, in Baltimore and, and basically selling them to political people, cops, uh, State Department people, if you want to uh, go that far, even uh, according to some of the detective work that's been done. Uh, so the the questions of what really was at work here back then and, oh. and how far the tentacles reach are extremely disturbing, I must tell you. As as Jane Doe says, and forgive my French, those fuckers, because yeah. um, it, it it is... I, do, who do you believe Brother Bob was? I, be- I personally believe that Brother Bob was Father Koob. Yes, and, uh, me, me too. I believe, uh. Uh, and I believe that uh, there is much more to be discovered and and written about on in that direction. Mm. And I think they do their best to try to suggest that in the uh, in the documentary. I'll mention uh, uh, one point if you don't think it's extraneous. Namely, the documentary points out and. Father Koob told me more than once in lengthy interviews, we went to the movies, Easy Rider, that night. We went to dinner, and then we went to this movie, and we wanted to to discuss it because everybody was talking about the big Easy Rider movie in that era, Vietnam War. And so we went back to my residence at the Jesuit community, and we were in the middle of talking about uh, uh, the movie when the phone rang, oh, my God, it's Sister Helen at Carriage House, and Sister Kathy has not come home, oh, dear, oh, dear. And we jumped in the car and raced up to, uh, the, to Baltimore from Annapolis, a drive of maybe 30 minutes, uh, to help. But the morning sun, the paper in Baltimore, 
in their first day ever report of the missing nun, uh, says, and they showed the clip briefly on the screen in the Keepers, quote, Brother Pete, his companion, remember, at Easy Rider and Dinner, that we rode up together, told the son this morning that he, too, was concerned he'd gotten a call at his residence at the Christian Brothers Monastery in Beltsville, 40 miles away, yeah. and as soon as he got that call, he rushed also in his car to the, uh, to the carriage house to help. Well, obviously, both accounts cannot be correct, and, uh, and there are other reasons to believe that some of the uh, commentary from Father Koob is not correct, and so I can only say that uh, uh, the, the most fruitful line of inquiry I've been able to find is some, some kind of scenario in which, at the carriage house that night, there was a confrontation. Sister Kathy was told, you're not going to talk about this, you're not going to go public, and uh, an argument ensued, and somebody hit the uh, hit the nun, uh, possibly with a pipe, and uh, uh, may not have meant to kill her, you know, directly. But suddenly, what I've come to understand is probably, almost undoubtedly, they suddenly were in a situation where, oh my God, she's not breathing. Now, what do we do? At that point, in my opinion, having studied this for so many years, they called the authorities. The Jesuits at Manresa, we've got a big problem right here in Baltimore. And the Archdiocese, we've got a problem. You have to remember one thing. In 1975, Father Maskell leaves Keogh. The nun has been dead for five years. The abuse is continuing. Nothing has changed. And he goes to the Chancery, the headquarters of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, and becomes, for the next five years, the Director of Psychological Services for the parochial school system in in Baltimore, he is running the entire. You know, yeah. a kid has a problem. Should we boot him out of school or give him therapy or give him a psychological test, et cetera, et cetera? And the guy running all of that for all of the schools at the Chancery is Father Master. Yeah. My my feeling is probably he had the brass all the way up to the cardinal, later the cardinal Keeler, then Archbishop, who was now running. Uh, at that time, I'm sorry, it was the previous Archbishop was Borders, but he had the brass in the palm of his hand because he wound up saying to them, it's clear as a bell, there were three other abuser priests in executive posts of leadership during that same five-year period in the mid-70s, mm. and what do we have? They were saying to uh, the brass, you, you, guys don't, you guys don't like what we're doing here? You don't like all these scams we're pulling and all these programs we're running that are so terrible? Uh, better, better ask yourself one question. If we go public with the knowledge that you knew about the murder and you moved Maskell and some others around and you countenance that, you were accessories to murder, essentially, how, how will that go down? Besides Koob, the only living person who could be charged appears to be Edgar Davidson. Do you believe that he was involved in the murder? Well, it's an opinion, of course. Yes. But the evidence, the evidence, there's a ton of evidence that he and a group of other other people who were in and out of jail and in trouble with the law, suffering from addictions of various kinds, and uh, also suffering from some psychiatric issues, that they formed a loose confederation of sort of uh, what what can I say, uh, corrupt gophers who would serve. Uh, these uh, abuser priests in that area uh, at will. In other words, we've got a problem. 
and uh, uh, you need to come and help us take right. care of our problem. Yes, Father, whatever yeah. you say. Whatever they were like the say. muscle. Yeah. But but also they were that because of their the Catholic Church thing because yeah. they want they thought it was right to support the church right. That's right. It was part of the ongoing uh, tenor of the time. This group of people, as reported in that documentary, uh, were were deeply troubled and and they were doing all kinds of. They're involved in uh, in a couple of these other murders that I just mentioned that that uh, haven't even made it into the documentary yet, but that the police have told television, WJZ, we're now digging into that. We think there's a link from those two murders, et cetera, back to this gang of guys and then the, the priests above. I'll tell you the truth. It has made me question my entire understanding of what really was uh, life was for us in communities like that during that era. Example? The Baltimore County Police have told WJZ again, we are now looking actively to find the four policemen that we believe were raping these girls yeah. in this hotel on Route 40, and at the and at sometimes at the at at rectories, it, uh, church rectories, a couple of them, uh, and 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 we know that uh, that was occurring. Two of them are dead. We know who the names are. We are now digging, hoping we can. Uncover that. My point is, when you start to realize that you had some kind of level of police interaction with these priests, and that nobody had the power to interrupt this, uh, politicians are also named in uh, different kinds of uh, witness statements. Let me just say one other thing: two different witnesses have gone to the police. One told a high-ranking detective, and it filed paperwork in the mid '90s that a policeman also showed me Sister Kathy's body at a different location than Jane, than uh, Jean Weiner was taken to, allegedly. Wow. A third, a third witness who was a student in the uh, 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 Catholic parochial school at Lansdowne where Maskell was in charge told several other people who've come forward, we saw the body lying in some bushes near Holland's Ferry Road and so on, right on the edge of Lansdowne, and, and she was hysterical, and it's, a, it's legend all through that part of Baltimore County that this woman, who has since fled to South America in terror, that she would be harmed if, if what she saw was... So this isn't like, you know, uh, one, one crank is, is warning that the sky is falling, corruption is... This is a whole vast panorama of witnesses who've told the police. And what happened to that paperwork? Our high-ranking police source says, we finished the paperwork about the, the woman who said that, another, that a cop showed her the body himself, and it passed up the chain, and we were told we're not going there by the prosecutors and so on, but let's leave that alone, let sleeping dogs lie, and nothing ever came of it. For um, for update purposes, they have exhumed Maskell's body yeah. in uh, in uh, in Maryland. That's correct. They found a cigarette butt near the body, uh, so I'm told, and uh, they have tested it. They did not, and they exhumed Father Maskell's body, and they did not uh, confirm that uh, that that DNA was his. Well, uh, so that's a that's a step. That's a step. You know, you want to ask, wish you'd done that forty years ago. You yeah. know, uh, and, well, and so on. But do, there it is. Do you think they'll exhume Billy Schmidt's body? 
Uh, boy, that's a good question. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, it's very hard to know, and I want to just be careful here. I'm telling you that this is a Hall of Mirrors. Will there be a season two of The Keepers? Uh, I I cannot answer that. I <laughs> have no clue. I know. I see that. I saw an interview that Brian White, the director, was asked, and he said, I don't envision one at this time. Who knows? Uh, uh, it's a vast undertaking. I think it took those guys three years yeah. to uh, put this one together. So, uh, But I would not be – let me leave, leave it with this comment. I would not be surprised. There are too many unanswered questions. As a matter of fact, I think the, there are gigantic unanswered questions. And for me as a reporter, answer number one is, what was the difference between the world we thought we lived in and the real world? Yeah. That is an endlessly provocative and, for me, endlessly fascinating question that I think is worth spending time on. And in that spirit, I hope, I certainly personally hope they continue. Well, if, if I were to be asked uh, after this interview, what, what's the one thing I take away from it? I take away from it how important journalists are and i i admire your life's work choice and and the passion that you put into this and without people like you and and by the way it's a field that uh is increasingly hard as you mentioned to make a living in unfortunately Uh, but without but without those who choose that profession things like this can happen and there is nobody watching and there is nobody holding anybody accountable right well, thank you very much, and of course, I thank you for the work you're doing right now. You're living to that uh, ideal and that goal. And and let me just say one thing historically, without trying to play, you know, Mr. Armchair Historian, we know from the history of the 20th century that human beings are capable of the most uh, atrocious behavior if we go to radio silence. If people are silent and uh, terrified and unwilling to speak, unwilling to dig, think, Go to college, go to learn, learn critical thinking, learn the skills of writing and organizing information. Democracy and our way of life is not a gimme, in my opinion. It's got to be earned. Tom, thank you very much for joining us and giving us a little extra sauce on the murder of Sister Kathy Sesnick. You're absolutely welcome, and I salute you for what you're doing. Keep up the good work, and thank you both very much. I had the same exact feeling when he brought up that there are now three other murders that I did, and that's why I apologize for using the uh, the f word. But I, I had the I had well, the same, you didn't use it originally. I say <laughs> a same exact feeling that yeah. she did. She she, well, she when, had every right to yes. use that word. Well, yes. um, she you know <laughs> I don't want to give away everything in the show, but she learns that the archdiocese is is denying something with regard to another victim and yeah. and she says pretty much the exact same thing so i i mean i i uh <laughs> um and that's just it, it's, it's just horrifying to believe yeah. okay so he said that there were uh, just like what three or four others yes yes i, I you know with all the all the girls who went through that one school the keo school there yeah yeah it's got to be more than that. Oh, okay. And I and wonder with the time that Maskell was in charge of that school. What about other yeah. cities, though? Yeah, exactly. What about right. like what, how? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, right here in Boston, how, we went through something Boston, similar. Yes, yes. Yeah. But how many other cities are out there waiting? You know. Yeah. So, um, 
Great guest. I mean, honestly. And that's a guy who loves, he's passionate about what he yeah, does. Passion is he the does, word here. He, he for doesn't him. do yeah. it. He's not doing it to get rich. He's, no. He's, yeah. uh, it, yeah. uh, it's amazing. So, all right. That should be a good enough plug. If you if you can avoid watching the keepers after hearing that, then you know you're be- you're better than I am. So, um, thanks to Tom Nugent for joining us on Extra Sauce this week. And I remind you that you should subscribe when you go to iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher. And we we're always asking for a rating. So yeah, uh, please we, a we, good one. We would uh, we would thank you for a great rating and. You can always tune in for more Extra Sauce next week. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.